I love working with people who are going through periods of transition, who are at that pivotal life-changing moment. They've either gone through a breakup or they're moving cities, doing a career change. And a lot of women who I work with, who I've specifically designed my upcoming group coaching program, Becoming You For, are young women in their mid to late 20s and early 30s who are having that quarter life crisis. And I think the biggest pain point is around self-doubt. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Welcome to Love Liz, the podcast that's all about inspiring you to be yourself, find true love, and live your purpose. This is for all of you seekers with deep desires who are struggling with your own self-worth and figuring out how to make your dreams come true. I'm your host, Liz Newcomer, actor turned Enneagram coach, human design practitioner, wife, and mama. I believe that who you are is enough to create the life and love you desire. Listen to find out why. Why not start off with the definition of doubt from dictionary.com, which means to be uncertain about, consider questionable or unlikely, hesitate to believe, or to distrust, regard with suspicion. I love these definitions because the past few weeks thinking about manifesting and I think what a lot of people struggle with with manifestation are those doubts, hesitating to believe that something is possible. When I think of doubt, I immediately think of Enneagram type sixes. They have doubt and those thoughts are like, I don't know. I'm not certain. I wonder if they're afraid of what they don't know. When I talk to sixes, I always say the devil, you know, beats the devil. You don't. You just want to know who the devil is and that'll eliminate the doubt. So they feel this anxiety and then that leads them to their actions. Procrastination, plan ahead and prepare and come up with exit strategies or they survey the crowd and ask other people their opinions and try to get the answers or they use humor and warmth to draw people to them. They're friendly. That in a nutshell is the Enneagram type six strategy, mostly unconscious. And I believe that there are more Enneagram type sixes in the world than any other type because they are the archetype of the survivalist. And in some ways, I feel like they reflect the human struggle most of all. We can all relate to having doubts and feeling fear and ultimately not wanting to die or be alone and wanting to survive and live on. So I want to share a story of my earliest memory of doubt. I went to a Christian summer camp and I must have been around around 11 years old at this time. I was raised Presbyterian and my three best friends were all Jewish. My counselor in the cabin, her name was Fran and she was Catholic. And one day she said really casually that my friends were going to go to hell because they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah and that my family, if we didn't go to church every Sunday, would also go to hell. It didn't feel like she was using scare tactics. It felt like she was telling me what she believed to be true. And I was a panicked mess. I was so anxious. I didn't sleep at all that night. I laid in bed looking up 
at my cabin ceiling and just thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to go home to New Orleans. I have to convert all my friends. I have to get my family to church every Sunday. I can't let my loved ones go to hell. The next morning we woke up and I said, can you meet me in the meditation spot in the woods? And we made a plan to meet there at two o'clock in the afternoon. Spent the whole day thinking about what more Fran was going to tell me and then what I was going to have to go home to do. There was a little clearing in the woods with three benches and three crosses. And it was really beautiful and peaceful. And it was a lovely day. And the sunlight was coming dappled through the trees. And as I was sitting there waiting for Fran, all of a sudden, this calm came over me, almost like a breeze that just relaxed my body. And I heard this voice, which said, it's not true. I had such clarity in that moment and true faith that it was all going to be okay, that my family and my best friends were not going to go to hell. At least that's not what I believed. And when Fran walked up, I calmly said, I'm good. (laughs) I don't need to have a conversation anymore. That moment has been such a pivotal point in my journey. And it truly was this movement from doubt to faith. Throughout this podcast, I want to give you three mindset shifts when you are looking at your own doubts. And the first mindset shift is that it's not a problem. Doubt is the, I don't know. I'm not certain. I can't tell yet. It's also like, I don't know if I'll ever know. (laughs) I don't have enough information yet. I'm still questioning. And what's funny is that in today's society, we put so much emphasis on being certain, confident, knowing the answers, being an expert. I feel that pressure and put that pressure on myself as well. I even sometimes call myself an Enneagram expert, but I don't want to have to be an expert. That's not actually where I thrive and where I share the best. One of the things that was really hard about being a middle school drama teacher is that I felt like I really needed to be the expert, but I preferred working with older kids or even adults where I didn't have to be that expert. Now, ironically, I actually think that what made me a good middle school drama teacher is that I didn't know all of the answers. For kids, for adolescents, that can feel really safe for them. Having boundaries, yes, but also being like, oh, wow, you're an adult and you don't have life all figured out yet either. So that maybe means I'm okay. My husband, Michael, when I was directing A Christmas Carol and he was Scrooge, he gave me some feedback after the rehearsal process. And I really appreciated what he said. He said, one of the things that I think made you such a great director and that you created a really safe environment for the cast and creative team is if a question came up and you didn't have the answer, you said, I don't know yet let's figure that out together. Or let me think about that and get back to you. I appreciated so much that he reflected that back to me because I didn't necessarily see it that way. And there were certain times where I thought to myself, you should have figured this out already. You should have, you know, I did do a lot of planning before I went into those rehearsals, but like you should have already had that answered. And the fact that I admitted that I didn't know it and that that made him and the rest of the team feel safe to explore was a valuable lesson for me as a coach, director, leader. And it reminded me of, I feel like I learned this lesson when I was waiting tables at ABC Kitchen in 
New York, because I remember in the training, they told us if the customer asks you a question about an ingredient that's in one of the dishes or whether we have something special off menu, if you don't know the answer, don't make it up. Now, I was a great BSer in high school. I knew exactly how to make things up. If I didn't read the book the night before and I was called on, I could come up with something. So this was new information. Like, I shouldn't make it up. (laughs) And I had many opportunities to practice those conversations with guests when they would say, is there any gluten in this? (laughs) Now, I'm going to take a pause from ABC Kitchen and bring you back before I waited tables at that restaurant to my first day of waiting tables at Mercer Kitchen, which was connected to the Mercer Hotel. And I was probably 22 years old. I had been a host there and then I had been promoted to a server and they gave me a lunch shift because that was a little bit easier. And I was waiting tables in the lobby and Carl Lagerfeld came in with his team of people. And there were several things about that whole shift that made me (laughs) insecure. (laughs) One was that people kept adding to the table over and over again. So all of my placements of where people were sitting kept getting messed up. And then in terms of the sequencing of when I sent food out, That was all over the place. But I remember Carl Lagerfeld's assistant said to me, this is when Carl had lost a lot of weight. He was really skinny. And she said to me, do you have any cheese that has 0% fat? And all I heard in my head was cheese. I'm like, what cheese do we have? So then I just start rattling off the cheese that we have. I'm like, we have Parmesan, we have feta, we have mozzarella. And she looks at me and she makes a zero with her hand. And in my face, she goes, zero percent fat. And I was like, blah, 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 uh, blah. <laughs> um, I don't think, let me, uh, let me check. Anyway, it was a total disaster. I think I ended up crying and my manager took over. No, you know what happened? Oh my gosh, I was literally saved by the bell. The fire alarm went off in the hotel and my shift, everybody had to exit. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't give you faith that God source, the universe is looking down, had my back, got me out of that situation. What does? Now back to ABC Kitchen. So yes, I had learned that lesson to say, I don't know when I'm waiting tables, but this one day it was a super stressful shift. I always worked in the VIP section because I was a great server. I loved it. And this one day I had a couple of celebrity clients. On one table, I had Deepak Chopra and the owner of ABC Carpet and Home. At another table, I had Martha Stewart and her people. And at this third table, I had Sir Patrick Stewart. He was with Carla Gugino and a couple of other people. And they all got sat within 20 minutes of each other. When I was getting Sir Patrick's drink order, he ordered a chivas. Here's where the problem began. I didn't know what a chivas was. Now I know it's a blended scotch, but at the time I thought it was like a Hennessy, like a cognac or like one of those really syrupy, sugary drinks. So I didn't go straight to my manager. And at first I started to look, spent a lot of time looking on the POS system, like where's a Chivas, where's a Chivas. Then I ended up roping in my manager. She went down into our liquor room. Nothing was in there. Then she went and sent someone to a neighboring restaurant and bar to find Chivas there. I didn't communicate any of this 
to Sir Patrick Stewart. So it took about 25 minutes to get his chivas. And finally, we brought it to him. And during that time, I was so consumed with that, that I was dropping the ball on Deepak Chopra's table, on Martha Stewart's table. And these people are not patient. They want what they want and they want it now. And so I ended up creating this huge problem, all because I didn't say at first, I don't know if we have that. Let me get back to you. And then I would have checked. We don't have it. Come back. He would have ordered something else. That would have taken about five minutes and it wouldn't have been a problem, right? He was actually incredibly lovely. So all of that is to say doubt is not the problem. It's that we make it a problem because we don't feel like we can have questions and we feel like we need to be certain and have all the answers. And then in our effort to get the answers, we end up causing chaos. If you think about the confident people in your life, the truly confident ones, the ones that you feel really safe around, I'm curious, do they know everything or pretend to know everything? Or are they okay to party with the unknown? I think that doubt comes up mostly when there's something that you care about. Otherwise, if you didn't know the answer, it wouldn't bother you. Whether that's a pursuit or a relationship, there's desire and there's passion connected to it. And I was thinking back in my own life, trying to come up with stories about when I had had doubt and then transformed it into faith. And I realized that everything I have now in my life, before I had it, I had doubts about whether I could have it. After my freshman year at NYU, when I was studying to be an actor and I had such a challenging time and really was full of self-doubt, I was in the airport with my family. We were going to China because my big brother speaks Chinese and he was studying in Beijing over the summer. And I was talking to my dad about my career. And I said, I think I want to go into architecture. I don't even know what you need to be a good architect, but probably math. I was decent in math, but this is not something I'd ever expressed any interest in throughout my life. And my dad was like, what are you talking about? You're an actor, you're a performer. But I just had so much doubt on whether or not I really could do it that I was willing to give it all up because I was scared that it wasn't going to come true. And when I had that conversation with him and he just reflected back to me what I really want. And he was like, you just go after what you want. And that was the last time I ever thought about being an architect, except for maybe when I read Ayn Rand's Fountainhead, which I loved. Now, fast forward to the fact that I am an actor. I've been in several films, TV shows. I have a theater company. Back in 2000, when I had that conversation, if I had let doubt be what I thought it was, maybe I never would have been in Black Panther in a scene next to Chadwick Boseman. Certainly not. So the second mindset shift is that doubt doesn't mean what you think it means. We assume if I have doubt, it means I can't have what I want that I'm not capable, that I'm always gonna feel like an imposter and insecure, and I'm never gonna have confidence around this. I guess that's where fake it till you make it or fake it till you become it. That's where that phrase comes in because it's just not true. It doesn't mean that you can't have it. It means you just don't know how it's gonna happen yet. And we're not always in control of the how, even if you're a really good planner. I remember so clearly one of my long-term clients who was grieving a breakup, really wanted to be in a relationship. She's a type six. 
She was just like, what if it never happens? What if I just end up alone? And I'm on the outside looking in and I really clearly could tell that's not going to happen. Like there's no way you are ending up alone. You're going to find your person. Don't know how, don't know where, don't know when. And y'all, she's getting married in a few months. (laughs) Yes, we think it means what we fear, but it doesn't. The last mindset shift is, well, it's more like a statement. Doubt is a call to faith. Doubt and faith are two sides of the same coin. They are connected. They will always be a part of each other's lives. So if you feel doubt, it is God source, the universe calling you to have faith in that area saying, hold on, don't give up yet. Be patient. If you build it, they will come. I love that from Field of Dreams. I think about that a lot with my business. I just want to give up because I don't know if it's going to work. And sometimes it feels more safe to just give up because then we get to control the outcome. We get to dictate how things work. And almost every day, I'm just saying to myself, just keep going, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. That's from the musical of Finding Nemo, I think that I brought my kids to. So this call to faith, I have one last story to share with you. My husband and I were getting married in the Presbyterian church because that's the church I grew up in. And I was very close to the minister, love him so much, used to go on youth retreats with him and missionary trips. And what I love about him is that he's not a dogmatic person and he has a great relationship with the synagogue up the street. I don't call myself a Christian anymore, but I certainly can appreciate that perspective and that view and I can appreciate church for what it is. And so as we were getting married, part of the process was we had to do this couples counseling with him. And my husband was raised Catholic and had lost both of his parents before we got married. And so he had a lot of reason to question God's existence. And he admitted that to my minister. And he said, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know that I believe in God. And both Michael and I were so surprised and deeply comforted by what he said. I'll call him doctor, what doctor said. He said, faith is not the absence of doubt. And if you're feeling doubt, it means you have the capacity for faith. Faith doesn't mean blindly believing that something is true. It's having the questions and continuing to show up in the journey. And he's like, the people who just are convicted that things exist that we don't know, he said, they're not being honest about their own doubts. And again, that's fear-driven, that need to just pick a side and turn your back to the other side. That feels more safe. But he gave my husband space to have doubts, to not know, and for that to be okay. So whatever it is that you are pursuing, that you want to manifest this year, that you care about, that you're worried may not come true, I want you to know that your doubt is not a problem, that it doesn't mean what you think it means, and that that very desire, that pursuit is your call to faith. And you don't have to have all the answers. You just keep showing up. I hope this episode resonated with you. I hope it helps you give some space and shifts your perspective around your doubt. And until next time, love, Liz. If you're a young woman between the ages of, let's say 25 and 35, and you're struggling with self-doubt, I have created the program for you to feel safe, to look at these doubts, to find faith. And let's be honest, 
It'll happen over and over again in your lifetime. I still have doubts about my business. I have doubts about anything that I want that I haven't done before. But if we think of life like a river, what I do have is I have the boat that will guide me down the river, that will help me feel a little more safe as I face the unknown. And that boat is the framework that I've created inside this program. We start on February 20th, 2024. I'm inviting 12 women into this container and you can learn more by clicking the link in the show notes. I hope to see you there.